Okay, so tell me more about your Derek Webb binge. I want to know more I, about this. I, mostly just fingers crossed, but I, I mean, I listened through a lot of his stuff other than that, but just like songs that I could identify would be all fingers crossed, and specifically the the Christmas song. is mm-hmm. the, I can't remember what it's called. He's talking. I, I, I would I would need to pull it up to look at the lyrics. Yeah, no, no, that's okay. Did you go back and listen to any of his like Christian stuff? Yeah, yeah, his, his Christian stuff was good. Like from, I, like, I, but that got me. I got down another tan. So I went to listen to him, and then I got down John Mark McMillan, mm. and then all the other mm-hmm. stuff that I used to listen to back in the day. I I used to love John Mark McMillan. Yeah, he's good. A great baritone. I never like, listened to just him. vocally like mm. a fan, like one of the best baritone voices I've ever heard in my life. I'll play you like a clip of you don't know any of his stuff from like back in the day. You know the song, um, like he didn't make it famous. David Crowder made it famous, but you know the song, um, how yeah, he loves, how he loves. Oh yeah, yeah, that's him. Okay, Crowder made it's it famous. Very but cringy, spontaneous worship sessions I feel have like, been launched from that song. I feel like CCM music is very strange because it's, it's almost like there's very specific four or five year eras. And if yeah. you miss those, yeah. you completely don't know what anybody's talking um, about. Like y'all probably have never heard of small town poets. No. I've heard of small town poets. Come on. He's just too young. Okay. He's too young for okay. small town poets. Yeah. Okay. That's that's not that. That's his his Okay. Did y'all check out before uh Jesus Culture and Bethel got on the scene? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was never I was already out of the praise and worship scene before Bethel. I mean, I had I have heard I had heard of they Bethel well, while I was still involved, but they were not anywhere near what they are now as far as popularity yeah. and, and how much their stuff is used. Listen to this, just the voice. PG. Very easy to sing along to as yeah. if you're a man. Yeah. Kinda dig it. Oh, I love this. Yeah. this John Mark Millen's like first three albums are good. Good stuff. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I see it. Is that is that CCM? I mean, it's it's like post CCM. I would worship, say like more it's more like in the praise and worship era. This album was like 2012, so they wouldn't play his stuff in worship. No. So but, was there a transition from like Christian music, other than trying to sell music to people, versus trying to sell music to churches? I mean, trying to sell yes. music. Okay, because it seems the like there had to have been. So the 90s was full of. And was basically trying. Christian radio was alternative radio. Mm-hmm. It was like regular music with Christian themes. Yeah. That I mean, there were even it was a big thing. Like, oh, they're like the Christian Evanescence. Yeah. Oh, they're like the Christian so and so. Like, they're like the Christian Rage Against the Machine. Like, they're like you know, there's all these like yeah, they're the Christian version of such and such because that's what it was. It was like just you know bands like Skillet. Yeah, and you know. Stuff like that. I mean, there's just tons of them. Newsboys, DC Talk, you know, whatever, wherever you want to go with it. And then you also had, then after that, because, you know, in the 90s, like, band worship in church was still not really a thing in the early 90s. Like, that was not going on. This was more, this is more of a phenomenon, at least where we're, I mean, at least where we are, 
more of a phenomenon of the 2000s. Yeah. And that's whenever suddenly like Christian radio was flooded with praise and worship, you know, with what they would call praise and worship stuff, just constantly. Yeah. You know, and so, because now it was about, oh, we got to get this, the way you get popular is by it being in, in a church because yeah. people are singing it now. See, that's when I tuned out and I know that there was never any Christian music that I grew up listening to that was ever played in church. No. And it seems no. like now that's all that it kind of is. Whatever's on the radio is also being sung yeah. in church now. Yeah. yeah. No, when I was when I was growing up, some of the Christian music actually somehow made it to MTV. Yeah, like I remember when Jars of Clay Flood was yes. on the TV. Yes, you know, and I mean that the big thing, of course, was of course the big, you know, one everybody points to, is, you know, Creed. I mean, they started, yeah, yeah. on a Christian label, mm-hmm. you know, and they're. I've been was, thinking a lot lately about the what place. Can you take <laughs> me high? I mean, come on, that's uh, obviously talking about heaven. What, what? Not drugs. What do you think the role of contemporary Christian music is, or praise and worship music? Which one? I, Praise and worship, we'll say. What do you mean? What's the role of it? Do you think that it serves the body in a, in a way? In my opinion, I think that there's a perfectly safe place for us to listen to that music yes. and actually use it um, just as we're driving down the road and Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. No problem with that. Yeah. As long as, but but here's the, here's the rub, though, for me, is that a lot of the people that are making this music are... Not Christians, yeah, they're heretics, yeah. and that's a big issue to me. But uh, you know, but I, yeah, I'm like you. I don't have any problem with it, like as a general. Like, I mean, I will listen to John Mark McMillan now. Does it have to be? And then there, there's another question: Does it have to be written by theologically orthodox people? Because half the stuff in the Trinity Hymnal is written by half the stuff in the Trinity Hymnal shouldn't be used. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So yeah, yeah, it should be. It yeah. should be written by. I mean, I don't know that they have to be. I don't know what you, how strict you want to take theologically orthodox. I'm just saying yeah. that, like, they shouldn't be literal heretics like Bethel. Yeah, yeah. Or the other thing is a lot of these things because but if you, you listen know, CCM, to Bethel, like some of Bethel's music, like there is some good stuff in there, like theologically. Not much. Good, not much. But I will say that, like, um, I'd have to find a song. But there are a couple well, songs here's, that talk about like straight up substitutionary atonement like you died for my sins you took on my honestly you you saying that Bethel has some good stuff kind of I have the same reaction in my head when I heard Hawk say like is Marxism how do you feel I I agree with that (laughs) okay okay so you know, I'm not saying that you, they should be listened to or anything like that. I'm just saying that no, I think you are. I think that's what you said. <laughs> He's on record saying we should be listening to Bethel because they're back. solid. Yeah. Can yeah. I get a replay on that, BG? Listen to Bethel. They're good. Listen to Bethel. They're good. So, <laughs> what I'm saying, what I'm saying is this. Here's another thing about CCM, though. Yeah. Is it's also has a lot of the same like things plaguing it that Nashville country music does, and oh, that the, yeah. basically that these people that are writing the songs are not Christians; they're songwriters who have learned how to speak the language in the same way that people who are writing popular country songs are not country in any sense of the word, but they're like they're regular like hipsters. I would push like back, indie, a- but and they have learned how to speak the language of. I would have to push back on that with, with in regard to Bethel and Jesus culture specifically, like when they, like maybe five years I'm ago. I'm talking about the stuff that comes out of Nashville. Okay, okay. I'm talking about your Chris Tomlins, okay. your those kind of people. Like I know for a fact, oh yeah, that non Christians are writing those songs. I have secondhand 
you know, people telling me. Well, Florida Georgia Line and Chris Tomlin crossover should have told you what yeah. what you needed. I knew that before that happened. Really? Not that that was happening. I'm saying I knew oh, I didn't need oh. Chris Tomlin before that happened. <laughs> like I didn't I need like, to see him. Re- you really do have the inside scoop. No, no, on I don't the have CCM. that. I don't have that inside track. I don't want it, even if I could get it. But yeah. Anyway, so CCM is a lot like what, and it's honestly this is what happens to every every genre of music, right? Take um, uh, grunge. Okay, grunge is a great example. You have real grunge that's, that comes out of something that's actually like an actual movement that really means something, whether it's Nirvana, Soundgarden, whatever, whoever. I'm sure there's grunge bands. People are like, oh, you don't know real grunge. You're right. I don't know real grunge because it all sucks. So, but <laughs> it was a real thing. So like with grunge, you take those people who were actually grunge and they, their music actually meant something that, to the people, like it was part of a movement. And then you had, after that, you have like this post-grunge stuff, whether it's like Nickelback or whoever, where it sounds Riding like the grunge, hell, yeah. but it's not anymore, mm-hmm. but it's, it picks up the thing. And so you get that with all different types of music. Country is another example. Like country, you, had, you used to have maybe like Hank Williams, Willie Nelson, and then you start to sort of phase into Garth Brooks, you know, Kenny Chesney, and now you have, you know, Florida Georgia Line, where it still like vaguely sounds country, but it's nothing like Willie Nelson, which was actual country mm-hmm. music, actual country problems. You see it with uh, rap, too, happening now. Like, rap used to be, when it started, like, came from real angst, mm-hmm. like, real problems in certain communities and all this kind of stuff, you know, like, F the police and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And now you have stuff that's like, I mean, it kind of sounds like rap. I mean, it sounds the same, mm-hmm. but it's nothing near the same, yeah. you know, as it used to be. Like, I mean, Jay-Z actually raps about this. You know, he actually, like, the stories he tells, like, in 99 Problems is a real story of him getting busted with drugs and barely getting away from it. You know that song, Mm -hmm. 99 Problems and a B81? The Mm -hmm. thing is, he's talking about a dog, actually. That's the story behind this song. He's actually talking about a female dog because the story is about him getting pulled over by the police, telling them that they're going to have to get a warrant. They call in for the canine dog, and they don't think it's going to come in time. You know, so they have to let yeah. him go. And as he's leaving, the car, pa- the pot, the police, the canine unit passes him later, and they just keep going. So like he literally almost he they had he said he had like, I've got his his book. That's where I read this, um, that he had like, Man. kilos of cocaine in his trunk. Yeah. So like that, we might not know Jay Z. Yeah. From that story, but it's a real song. Like it's a real story. Yeah. That got this song. That's this. But now that these kid, these guys that rap now, like they're not real. Yeah. They're not actual. And I don't care that they're not thugs. Yeah. Or they're not gangsters. Like that's good. They shouldn't be. But the point is, is they're rapping about things they've never actually experienced yeah. because they, now they just learn how to speak the language. Yeah. And this is what happens everywhere. They, they kind of appropriate, you know, this is music. Just It just happens that way. It is weird though because it also, it does make it in some ways more accessible because I, there, there was a time when I was growing up and a lot of rap I, I couldn't identify with and now it's way easier to identify with stuff of and course. listen to it of course and that's not legit anymore yeah. like it's just that's just the way it is you know I mean we probably shouldn't be able to identify with it yeah <laughs> I mean but you could, you should still be able to listen to it and enjoy it without being able to identify with it the Absolutely. fact that we can means that's the, that that's kind of what like, real I, art is yeah like I'm not like, I don't understand anything that Johnny Cash is talking about on a first hand experience yeah but you can get it yeah, yeah. When he sings his best song that he didn't write, Hurt. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But although that is the best Johnny Cash song, probably. Yeah. I don't know of anyone that would disagree with you. <laughs> uh, but you know what I'm saying, yeah. though. It's like, and uh, 
so anyway, so you get that also that all of that to say. Yeah, you're also getting this with Christian music and with worship music. If people only knew the people that were writing the songs they're singing in church for worship, like who these people are, they would be embarrassed. Yeah, but they don't. They don't know. It's just people that are not Christian, but they've learned to speak the language, just like there are people who are not country that learn how to speak the language. And